Welcome to First Baptist Belton. By God's grace, we aim to be a gospel-centered people that know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy the following message. All right, well, good morning, church. How are we? Good. I'm impressed. This is Commitment Sunday, and we got a full room. Yeah, no, did the commitment part not scare you guys off? No? All right. Well, good. Well, we're taking the right step forward. It's good to see you guys. I'm thrilled to be here with you. For those of you worshiping online, we're glad that you have chosen to join us to worship this morning. We're excited to get to worship Jesus. Uh, he receives the glory. All, all glory is due His name. And so we're just here to celebrate and worship that this morning. Now, we're going to continue our series called All In. You may recall that, all in. We are building our future together. I believe that's God's calling on our life. I believe that that's what God wants us to do is for all of us to be committed, to be all in as we seek to build not my future, right? Not your future, but our future. It's important that that is part of the slogan, right? We're building our future together. Now, by way of introduction, I've got a question for you, and I want to see a show of hands. Since it's Commitment Sunday, we ought to be able to, uh, to, to have some give and take here, okay? So how many of you guys have been on a cruise? Show of hands. Wow, that's a lot of folks. Y'all been on, okay, cool. Awesome. Well, Jordan and I have never been on a cruise. We've always wanted to. Somebody told us that it would be a fun, you know, family vacation, and, and we thought about that, and being the planner that I am, I spent some time looking up, what does it look like to go on a cruise? How much is this thing going to cost me? You know, all of the stuff involved in that. And now I have come to find, I've come to realize why Carnival Cruise Line is called Carnival. Anybody know? It's like a carnival on the water. It's crazy. It's this huge ship, right? There's, it's decorated beautifully. It's built to entertain all ages. And so from the rooms to the shows to the food to the five-star experience, all of it is built to entertain its guests. And so this last December, on the flip side of that, on the last December, we had the opportunity to travel to San Diego. Now, it, it was an awesome trip. We had a great time. Um, but over the course of that trip, we had the opportunity to get to see the USS Midway. Man, it was incredible. For a history guy like myself, it was awesome to see this huge ship with all the airplanes and all the stuff. It was like, man, this is awesome. And I was standing there at the base of this ship looking up, and, and I remember in my mind I was thinking, wow, there's a really big difference between a cruise ship and a battleship. There's <laughs> a big difference, right? Yeah, both are very big, both are large, right? But where one is meant to entertain, the other one is built for engagement, right? It's big, but it's also lean. On a battleship, everyone has a room, but instead of a mattress and the five-star experience, it's a cot. There's a big difference, isn't it? You don't get to pick your room on a battleship. On a cruise ship, you get to pick your room, and you get to pick out all of the things that you want, whether you have a window or a balcony, all of those things, right? Sure, there's food on a battleship, but I don't know any of our sailors who are riding home to mom saying, Mom, the food is great, <laughs> Right? Yeah, it's because it's not about the food. When young men and women board that ship, they're not boarding to be entertained, but they're boarding in order to be engaged in a mission. There's a big difference between a cruise ship 
in a battleship. While the cruise ship floats along in the water, a battleship moves with purpose. It moves with purpose. It's getting from point A to point B with intentionality, with purpose, and with authority. On the ship, everybody has a role. It doesn't matter whether you're the cook. It doesn't matter if you oversee the facilities. It doesn't matter if you're a a sailor. It doesn't matter if you're manning a gun or if you're the chief or the captain on the ship. Everybody has a job to do, and that job is crucial to the mission. And so no matter the job, it matters for the sake of the mission. Unfortunately, I think all too often the church in the West has looked a little bit more like a cruise ship than a battleship. And I think it's God's desire. I think it's the way that God designed the church, you and me, not a building, but the people, to not function with the cruise ship mentality, but rather to lead with the battleship mentality, right? To be lean, to move with purpose, where everybody on board all has a unique design and calling by God, right? To do a particular role to advance the mission of God. I think it's God's desire that you and I would have a battleship mentality as we seek to advance the kingdom of God here on this earth. It doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your social class, doesn't matter your baggage that you even bring in this morning. It doesn't matter who you are or where you've been. What matters is, is if you have placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, then he has given you a unique gift He has given you a calling, and it is my job, it is the job of your ministers, elders, and deacons to raise that and call that out in you and empower you to live out that calling here in this place called First Baptist Belton, in this community, for the sake of the world. And so again, we've been talking, we've been challenging one another over the last weeks to be all in, all in. And so I want you to do me a favor here. What does it mean to be all in? I want you to talk to me. Right? To be all in means that we're going to be all in with God, all in with each other, all in for, all in for the world. Yes, we're going to be all in with God. We're going to be all in with one another. We're going to be all in for this community, and we are going to be all in for the world. And so I've been challenging us to think through, what does that mean for me? When I spend my time with the Lord, what does that mean for me to be all in to take that next step toward God, to take that next step toward one another, to take that next step for this community, and to take the next step for the world. And so what does it look like? What does that look like for you to be all in with God this year? You know, for many of you, that may look like sacrificing some extra sleep to make God a priority in the mornings, to say, you know what, God, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to be up an extra 30 minutes early just to spend time with you, to carve out my day, to set the priority of my day with you. Maybe for some in this room, you're sitting here going, you know what, all of this stuff is great, but man, I'm not all in with God, and, and I just want to be all in with him. And if that's you in this morning, and you would love to know what it looks like to start a personal relationship and be all in with Christ, well, I would love to do that. We can do that right here after this service. Others of you, maybe it's, you know what, God, I, I haven't honored you with my finances. I haven't honored you with my attendance. And I, I've kind of been distant from you. Well, maybe this is the year that you say, God, I am all in. I'm going to be all in with my attendance. I'm going to be here. I'm going to make sure to prioritize Sunday worship. I'm going to be here. I'm going to give back to you what is already yours. 
Now, what does it look like for you to be all in with this community of folks that we call First Baptist Belton? What does that look like for you? Well, maybe it looks like you showing up early or maybe staying late with the intention of inviting a family to come and have lunch with you. Maybe some of our elder folks, maybe you can say, hey, you know what? I've got some time. I've got some wisdom to give. I'm going to find a young family. I'm going to pour into them. I'm going to take ownership of their lives. I'm I'm, going to dive in with them and help see that their kids come to know Christ, and I'm going to take ownership of them. Some of our young folks, it's a great opportunity for you to say, you know what? There's a lot of wisdom that I lack, and there's a lot of people in here who I, I just know would love to pour into me. And so maybe that looks like you coming early or staying late and going across the room and picking somebody and saying, hey, would you pour into me? Would you mentor me? Would you, be, would you disciple me? We've got so many people here and so much gifting. I think God says, hey, why don't we share that? Share the gifting. Share with one another. Be with one another. You know what, maybe it even looks like somebody in this room saying, you know what, I've been part of this church for a while now, and it's time for me to be all in. Maybe that looks like taking a step, out of, taking a step of faith and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be all in through membership. This is a church that I want to be a part of. I'm going to join this church. You know what, you can do that real easily. After the service, you can walk out those main doors right there. There's some bistro tables. They would love to talk with you about how you can be all in with this community through membership. You know, what does it look like for you to be all in with the community? What does it look like for you to be all in with the community? Well, here's a, here's a great way. Maybe you can carve out some time to serve this community. There's great ministries like Family Promise that serve the least of these. It'd be a great opportunity for you to give your time back to the community. There's many other ways that you can give your time. You know, maybe it looks like you investing in that neighbor or that coworker that you know is far from the Lord. That's a great way for you to invest in the community, to build the spiritual walls of this community. Maybe it looks like you starting a Bible study at your workplace. How awesome, think about this, I want you to think about this, how awesome would it be if First Baptist Belton didn't wait for people to come in these doors, but we were going to them? That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't stay in his comfortable place at the right hand of the Father, but he came to us. What if our church was a people who didn't wait for them to come to us, but we went to them? I think that'd be a great way to be all in for this community, right? How can you be all in for the world? Well, you know what? Maybe that looks like you uh, go on an international mission trip for the very first time. I tell you, man, your life will be changed. Taking a step of faith and saying, you know what, Lord, this year I'm going to go on a mission trip. I don't, I don't know where that is. I don't know what that's going to look like. But you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live in obedience to you. And I am going to live on mission. You know, there's a great opportunity for that. Pastor Eddie, he's going to be taking a group to Uganda this summer. What a great opportunity for you and your family to join him on that trip. If you'd like more information on that, you can find that at, the, at one of the tables in the back. He's got an interest meeting coming up next week. I think he would love to see you there, and I think it would be a great opportunity for you to be a part of what we're doing all across the globe. And here's a crazy thought. I don't want you to think about this. What if our next missionaries were right here in this room? How crazy might that be? That our next missionaries that we might send maybe to the Sega, you know, maybe uh, to the other side of the world, what if you're sitting here right now in this room and you're hearing that call and you know that God is working on your heart going, man, God, I I don't know what this looks like, but I'm all in. Young people, college students, man, how great would it be for the 
the, the, just after you graduate, your first two years after you graduate to spend two years on a mission field serving uh, the least of these or, or advancing the kingdom of God through church planting. Man, what a great opportunity that would be. So what does it look like for you to be all in with God? What does it look like for you to be all in for this community? What does it look like for you to be all in for one another and for the world? And so that being said, this morning is Commitment Sunday. So here in just a bit, what you're going to have is you're going to have an opportunity. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes, and we're going to take some time, and we're going to write out our commitments, and we're going to come down to the front, and we're going to place our commitments down to the Lord. But before we do that, here's what I want to do. I want you to open your Bible to Nehemiah chapter 3. If you have a Bible, I hope you do, go ahead and turn to Nehemiah chapter 3. If you don't, it's okay. It's going to be up here on the screen for you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have everybody who is willing and able, I want you to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. Stand in honor of the reading of God's Word, and I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to read all of chapter 3. I'm going to read all of chapter 3. Now, here's what you need to know. Okay, so up to this point, last week we closed out chapter 2. Chapter 2 was a great, great chapter as we saw all of the people of God living in Jerusalem all coming together. The text says that they all said, let us arise and serve the Lord, right? And so all the people strengthened their hands and they got busy. They got to work. And then chapter 3, chapter 3 is a really weird chapter, but it's a great chapter. It's one of those ones, if you're reading through the book, you might skip because you can't pronounce any of the words. It's one of those chapters. Uh, But man, it is a beautiful chapter. It's a manuscript of all of the people living in Israel or living in Jerusalem and what they contributed to the building of the wall. And so here we go. We're going to read this with me. I want you to read along with me. I'm going to read it out loud. You read it to yourself. And all I I have to to say, all I have to ask for you from you is don't make fun of how I read these words, okay? A boy from West Texas was not meant to read Hebrew accurately. So we're, you're just going to have to bear with me. Okay, chapter 3, this is the word of the Lord. Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with the brothers and, and the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it, and they set its doors. They consecrated it as far as the Tower of the Hundred, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. And next to him, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zakir, the son of Emery, built. The sons of Hassanai built the fish gate. And they laid its beams, and they set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. And next to them, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, repaired. And next to them, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, and Meshezebel repaired. And next to them, Zadok, the son of Benah, repaired. And next to them, the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. Joedah, the son of Paseah, and Meshulam, the son of Beseda, repaired the gate of Yeshana. They laid its beams and they set its doors, its bolts, its bars. And next to them repaired Melathia, the Gibeonite, and Jadon, the Maranathite, the men of Gibeon and Mizpah, the seat of the governor of the province beyond the river. And next to them, Uziel, the son of Hariah, goldsmiths repaired. Next to them, next to them Hananiah, one of the perfumers, repaired, and they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. And next to them, Rephiah, the son of Hur, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired. And next to them, Jediah, the son of Hermoth, 
repaired opposite his house. And next to him, Hattush, the son of Hashbinai, repaired. And Malkijah, the son of Harim, and Hashub, the son of Pahath Moab, repaired another section of the Tower of the Ovens. And next to him, Shalom, the son of Haloish, ruler of the half-district of Jerusalem, repaired. He and his daughters. And Hanun, the inhabitants of Zenoah, repaired the valley gate. They rebuilt it, and they set its doors, its bolts, and its bars, and they repaired a thousand cubits of the wall, as far as the dung gate. Malkijah, the son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth Hakarim, and they repaired the dung gate. He rebuilt it and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. And Shalom, the son of Kolhazah, ruler of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. And he rebuilt it, and he covered it, and he set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. And he built the wall of the pool of Shelah in the king's garden, as far as the stairs that go down from the city of David. And after him, Nehemiah, the son of Azbuk, ruler of the half-district of Beth-zur, repaired to a point opposite the tombs of David, as far as the artificial pool and as far as the house of the mighty men. And after him, the Levites repaired, Rehum, the son of Bani, and next to him, Heshbiah, ruler of the half of the district of Keilah, repaired from his district. And after him, their brothers repaired, Bavai and the, and the son of Hinnadad, ruler of the half of the district of Keilah. And then next to him, Ezra, the son of Jeshua, ruler of Mizpah, repaired another section opposite the ascent of the armory, armory at the buttress. And after him, Baruch, the son of Zabai, repaired another section of the buttress to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. And after him, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, repaired another section from the door of the house of Eliashib to the end of the house of Eliashib. And after him, the priests, the men of the surrounding area, repaired. And after them, Benjamin and Hashub repaired opposite their house. And after them, Ezariah, the son of Messiah, son of Ananiah, repaired beside his own house. And after him, Benui, the son of Hinnadad, repaired another section from the house of Azariah to the buttress and to the corner. Palau, the son of Uzziah, repaired opposite the buttress and the tower projecting from the upper house of the king at the court of the guard. And after him, Padiah, the son of Parosh, and the temple servants living on Ophel, repaired to a point opposite the water gate on the east in the projecting tower. And after him, the Tekoites, they repaired another section opposite the great wall, there the great projecting tower as far as the wall of Ophel. And above the horse gate, the priests repaired, each one opposite his own house. And after them, Zadok, the son of Immer, repaired opposite his own house. And after him, Shemaiah, the son of Shekinai, and the keeper of the east gate repaired. And after him, Hananiah, the son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zelaph, repaired another section. And after him, Meshulam, and the son of Berechiah, repaired opposite his chamber. And after him, Machijah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired as far as the house of the temple servants and of the merchants opposite the muster gate. And to the upper chamber of the corner, and between the upper chamber of the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants repaired. May God add his blessing to his word. You may be seated. Now you may be saying, Logan, why in the world did you torture yourself to do that? <clears throat> and that's a great question. And here's what I want you to think about. Here's what I want you to think about. In a hundred years, 
In a hundred years, the spiritual walls of Bell County are built. Thousands have come to know Christ. Hundreds of churches have been planted through our influence. The future generations of this church will read our names as those who took ownership of Bell County to the ends of the earth. That by God's grace, through his spirit, as he empowered us, we took our stand. We were a people who didn't just sit in the pew, but took all in, not as a label, but something to be seriously grasped, to be committed to, and to say, God, I am all in. I'm all in to see the next generation come to know Jesus. I'm all in to see the next generation of leaders rise to their places of influence. And I want a hundred years from now, I want our future church to look back on us this morning and go, wow, man, these are the folks who set the spiritual tone for Bell County, for Belton, for Temple, to the ends of the earth. How cool would that be? How cool would that be? And so today, we set the tone for our grandkids, for our great-grandkids, and for future generations on and on and on. And so here's the deal. As you walked in, you should have received a card. It looks just like this. Everybody got one? If you don't have one, we have plenty of people who can make sure we get you one, but you're going to need one of these because here's what we're going to do here in just a second, beginning with my family. I'm going to meet my family at the beginning or at the the base of the altar right here, and me and my family are going to lay our commitments to say, hey, we're all in. I'm all in with God. I'm all in with you. We're all in for this community and all in for the world. And so over the next two minutes, I want you to take some time and I want you to fill out your card. You should have a pen and you should have a card to be able to spend time doing that. Now, if you're a guest with us this morning, here's what I want you to know. This is not for you. Okay, I don't want you to feel pressure to fill this out or to come down front to put this in because you know what? This is our gift to you, so to speak. I want you to be able to see that this church is all in. Let this be a testimony to the church that we are and to the church that we are gonna be as we move forward together. So please don't feel pressure for this. You can just set this down next to you and allow this to be a testimony. We would love to have you in membership class so that you can see what we're all about and join and be all in with us, okay? So here's what we're gonna do. Take the next two minutes and here in just a minute, I'm going to uh, signal to you and allow you to come down and place your all in card in the front. Okay? All right. that was incredible every person who drops them in there I know that my brother and sister who dropped that in there they're in it together we're in this together amen mm-hmm. let's respond in singing of how great our God is because only a great God could be one that we could be all in together with amen let's stand together as we sing if you would like more information please visit fbbelton.org or call our church office at 254-939-0705. We are located at 506 North Main Street. We hope to see you soon.